The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Subscribe to the page, FlowTrack Podcast YouTube page. Gordon is out today, but joining me, former All-American from Texas A&M, current Mile Split employee, former FlowTrack compatriot, Olivia Pone. How are you, Olivia? Oh, my gosh, Kevin. I am great. How are you doing today? And thank you so much for having me. I'm doing... I'm doing pretty well. I'm pretty excited because, well, it's great to have you back, first of all. If people don't know, a year ago, two years ago, whatever, pre-pandemic, you were doing a lot of stuff with FlowTrack back when we were in the office, back when everybody was sitting within the same space and we didn't think anything of it. Uh, and then we covered some meets together, which was super exciting. You did some sideline for us, which was awesome as well. We were in Sacramento. We saw that dramatic Houston baton drop together. We were in the booth for that. Uh, NCAA Outdoors. I'm just going through a memories. You smoked Lincoln in 100 after the – actually, it wasn't even 100. It's like a, it's like a 60. A 60. Uh, after the meet yeah. one year when it was about – the humidity was probably 190% at that point. So it's bringing back good memories. And now you're uh, – you're working with Milesplit. You've been working with Milesplit for a while now. You've been able to travel a bit though, right? Have you gone to some meets? Yes, I've been at the Virginia Showcase, Adidas Indoor Nationals. Those were both in Virginia. I've been to Las Vegas. So mm -hmm. we've been able to travel just a little bit and now things are starting to move a little bit quicker. So yeah, I'm just really excited um, to see the, the, these athletes are really rolling, I must say. There has yeah. been no doubt that they've been putting in all the hard work and we're now seeing it. So, which has been awesome. Yeah. Before we get into the topic of the show, I want to talk about obviously the DK Metcalf running at attracting a fair bit of attention. And I want to get your opinion just on the sprint scene in general and some high school state meets this weekend as well too. But were you surprised like from an athlete's perspective that people came out 
so ready to run and so hot. Because for me, I thought there might be a little bit of rust coming back. But when you talk to the coaches, you talk to the athletes, it seems as if the layoff just allowed them some time to get set and maybe fewer races is actually better. What was your uh, thoughts on just how the athletes came out of, of lockdown and, and canceled seasons? Well, Kevin, you kind of just hit it on the nail. It was just, you know, on the mile split team with Corey and Brian, myself, we were having conversations of just what are these athletes going to do? And especially during the pandemic, a lot of them did not have access to a weight room. Like just imagine it from the high school perspective where they're getting their weight room, they're getting their coaching from the high school. And so for a lot of us, the big question was what what's 2021 going to look like? What is going to happen? But to be honest with you, I was completely mind blown. I've talked about this a lot on our On the Line podcast where I'm just so impressed with how these athletes have just been putting in the work. There's been no doubt that they've been going through passion and being disciplined and just being focused and keeping their goals in mind throughout the mm -hmm. course of all of this. They knew competition was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. So a lot of them were thinking, hey, I want to be ready when it's time to go. And we're seeing it now. So personally, I was a little nervous about how the season was going to look, how these athletes were going to come about. I was expecting a lot more injuries than what we're seeing. And so far, nothing has been really out of the blue, but I've been really impressed mm -hmm. with how these athletes have been showing up for sure. It's almost like they needed a rest. And I'm wondering long-term yeah. if coach, if coaches and athletes now reconsider scheduling, reconsider rest, because everyone's really extolling the virtues of we had an uninterrupted training block. I know that's not actually possible because you have to go to meets and you have to compete, but it's just interesting. I thought at least from a technical event perspective and a sprint perspective, you'd need a lot of races to get sharp, but that hasn't, that hasn't, that hasn't borne out really, at least not in the results that I've seen. Yeah, exactly. I have to agree with you. I think it's gonna be really interesting to see what's going to come about within the next several weeks, next several months. Cause like you just mentioned, a lot of these athletes have been, have had to take this time focus. And I think it's just kind of great sometimes to just take a self-care time, you know, and just mm -hmm. using that time to really reflect on what they want to focus on. I think just having that atmosphere has been also very helpful for the athletes as well. All right. DK Metcalf, Seattle Seahawks wide receiver. <laughs> he had that viral NFL moment where he chased down Buda Baker of the Arizona Cardinals and stopped a pick six. That led to all sorts of speculations about how fast this guy could run on the track. But unlike every other guy we've speculated about in recent memory, he's actually going to put on spikes and he's actually going to go do it, Olivia. What was your reaction? He's going to be running in the USATF Golden Games uh, this Sunday at Mount Sac, lining up against the solid field. What was your first reaction when you saw that, hey, this is actually going to happen? He's actually going to do it. Well, Kevin, um, you probably have seen it all over social media. There are, have been a lot of mixed feelings about it. We've seen athletes say, okay, I'm ready. Like, let's see what's going to happen. And a lot of athletes are not too happy about it. And I'm kind of like, to be honest with you, I'm kind of in the middle. I did not expect for it to actually come to fruition. We see a lot in just being a former athlete, like, and I can attest to a lot of athletes that probably have had this conversation with football players. They always want to say, hey, pick a day and a time and we'll race. Like, it's happened to me at Texas A&M. It's just one of those things. Um, 
but I think I was actually really shocked to see that this is really going to happen. But my thoughts behind it is I'm actually really excited. I'm excited to see we're finally, I don't want to say put to rest because I feel like we're just going to have more conversations about this, but it's track mm -hmm. speed versus football speed. Like we're actually going to be able to see it. And I don't know if you had a chance to look at Lolo Jones's post on Instagram, but literally all of her comments is how I feel. It's just, you know, I think it's great to see this competition really arise and he's going to have great competition there as well. Um, I don't think he's going to win. I want to put that out there, but I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup for this race. Yeah. I mean, if he won, I think truck would melt down as a collective. Yes. Whole. I give him credit. I give him credit because he's actually doing it. Actually not, no one's just posting online. He's, he's, no one's speculating about it anymore. It's, mm -hmm. I'm going to line up, I'm going to put on spikes and I'm going to do it. So as a track community, I get it. Everybody's a bit territorial. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You want to be protective of your sport. But at the same time, what always happens, Olivia, when someone does something fast in another sport and everyone says, well, he could beat Bolt, everybody jumps in mm -hmm. the replies and everybody says the same thing. Yep. Well, put, put on spikes and find out. Show up to a meet and find exactly. out. Well, Metcalf's actually doing that. So I give him immense, I give him immense credit because listen, nobody wants to be beaten. No athlete wants to be beaten in any sport, mm -hmm. right? That's the nature yeah. of, of a high level athlete is they're very competitive. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. So he's putting himself out there. I wonder though, because you read some of these articles, he's clearly interested in pursuing this. He's, he's mentioned the, he's mentioned um, you know, he uh, communicated with USATF about getting in this meet. He has to have some idea how fast he is, right? Which is an interesting part of the story. He didn't run the 100 and 200 in high school, right? He ran the hurdles. Right. He jumped. There's been some video of him running, running relays. But he has to have some sort of idea of how fast he is. So he has to have some sort of idea where he would fit in in the pecking order in this meet. And he's still agreeing to do it, which makes me think that he's going to be able to hold his own. Now, he could just be incredibly confident and he wouldn't be the first pro athlete to be incredibly confident. Um, but that that jumped out to me as well, too. The fact that, hey, it's not like he's jumping in a random all-comers meet. You know, He's not jumping in an Olympic final. He's not jumping into a Diamond League. But he's in a race with Ronnie Baker, Mike Rogers, Craven Gillespie, Kyrie, a lot of sub-10 second guys that he's going to to race against in Mount Sac. Yeah, he's probably very high with his confidence right now. And I think we're starting to see that a little bit. And um, like I mentioned, I'm really excited to see just how, not only for the athletes, but how when, when it's all lined up, how it's actually going to play out. I think it's going to be really exciting to see. But speaking of that, I want to put this into context. And again, with him being a football player, he has his pads, like, He's probably going to feel a lot lighter, so he's probably taking that into consideration. He's going to be having spikes. I don't, not too sure. familiar with like the weight of a football cleat versus a track spike. I'm assuming a track spike's probably <laughs> a lot lighter. Um, so right. he's probably thinking about all of this in the back of his head, like, okay, if I can run this fast on the football field, I can kind mm -hmm. of carry that over. But one of the things I want to mention is, and I think from a lot of athletes' standpoint is, it takes a lot. There's a lot of technique that's involved in sprinting. It's not just putting on some spikes and hitting the track. Like there's a dry phase we have to train. Like imagine all the years of Usain Bolt training and how long mm -hmm. it's taking him to break, you know, these world records. And he has a lot of talent. I know we're not talking about, you know, 
DK running a Usain Bolt time, but just to put into yeah. perspective, like these are athletes that train for this year round all the time. They bleed it. They, they have so much passion. And so I think it's just going to be, I wonder if there's going to be a lot of trash talking when we get on this starting line, but it's going to be really exciting to see. But Kevin, <laughs> I have a question for you with all of that sure. being said, there has been a lot of questions now and predictions of what he's going to run. So how fast do you think DK is going to run on this at this meet? I think I'm on the more ambitious side of things. I think I'd put the over under at 10.35 for his okay. 100. Conditions being okay. all equal. I think he might get a guy or two because you've been in enough sprint races. You know, sometimes people just have a bad one, right? And he, mm -hmm. he could be that guy who catches a bad one in this race. Uh, I want to ask you in a second about the, the technical challenges of starting and how difficult that is to do. But I would think... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, mid-10s, I think, is perfectly reasonable. I think if he ran anything faster than 10-2, that would be a phenomenal performance by him. He's six foot four, so he's yes. really big for a sprinter. We, we look at Bolt, six foot five. Obviously, things worked out pretty well for Usain Bolt, but he is the exception. He's not the rule. What, what sort of time do you think is possible? Great question. I'm kind of on that same playing field that you mentioned. I, I love ranges. So I was thinking on a good day, if he is like on point with everything, I give him about a 10-3. Um, mm -hmm. I, I see him running between anything between a 10-3 and a 10-5. That is my prediction. Yeah. And Corey and Brian will tell you I'm a range kind of person. I'm not someone that's going to drop <laughs> you a point on point time. But that is where I think DK's at. Probably between okay. a 10-3 and a 10-5. Because I know the speed is there. But like I mentioned, the track speed is verse is different than football speed. So that is where I think DK is going to finish off at. Fair, fair. Okay, so tell me, a start. How long does that take to come together? He hasn't run track in five years. I'm assuming he's been working, let's just assume for the sake of argument, from mm -hmm. 2016 up until a couple months ago, he did not do any block starts because he did not run track in college. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming before mm -hmm. Seahawks practices, he wasn't pulling the blocks out there with Pete Carroll and saying, hey, let me do some block starts before I run these routes. But let's assume a couple months ago when he got this mm -hmm. idea, he did start doing starts. A start is such a huge part of a 100-meter race. How long does that take to come together? How good can you get in a start in just a few months? That's a really great question, Kevin. And I think it's honestly a very tough one to answer because in when it comes to sprinting that is essentially the race and you mentioned mike rogers is in this race this is a veteran in the sport he's probably one of the fastest gentlemen we have seen in in the sport of track and field to come out of the blocks so now you have someone that focuses on blocks all the time versus dk who probably has been doing it like you said for the last several months um but another thing that i'm taking in taking into considerations when you think of the the combine right when they do their 40 yards like they have to be mm -hmm. at you know a three point they are starting still they're starting down and they explode mm -hmm. out it's different when you have blocks behind you because we're not at a three point you're you know you have your feet in the in the blocks you have your hands down on the track how is he mm -hmm. going to react because mm -hmm. in a combine you know um but when you come to the starting blocks for a starting race there's a gun so how is he going to react how right. far out is he going to drive out of this dry phase? And, you know, meters are longer than yards, so it's longer than that. And we all know he knows how to run on the football field. But I don't <laughs> think it's going to be the prettiest block start 
and, and we're all track athletes here, and we know what a good block start looks like. Like, look at Trayvon Brumel, how he just ran um, this past weekend. That was incredible. I don't see that happening from DK. I just don't. It, it's not something that you're going to be automatically be able to to get in a few months. It takes years to really grasp how to get out of the starting blocks efficiently with power and with speed. So I feel like he's going to struggle mainly in that block start. It's not he's running against one of the fastest men in the sport at the moment. So that's going to be something yeah. he has to take into consideration as well. But one advantage he might have is he's done it before. I don't know how good of a starter he was in high school. Yeah. I mean, bigger and faster or, I mean, obviously his body is different than he was in high school. We can assume that. But is starting, I don't know if you ever did a start and then took five years off from t doing a start in the blocks, but is it like riding a bike or is it something that gets rusty if you don't do it? Well, to be honest with you, when I was racing uh, Lincoln at the NCAAs for that 16-meter <laughs> or whatever we did, I felt completely rusty. But I did notice, like, my body was like, oh, okay, we're <laughs> – that was a really funny moment. We need to bring that back. Um, it's probably yeah, archived yeah. somewhere. But, um, like, my body felt rusty. And I can't remember the last time, like, I sprinted coming out of blocks. And we mm -hmm. did something, Brian and myself, we were working on this project, and I was just coming – I was spiking up, and I was, you know – not in blocks, mm -hmm. but I was coming from a down start and my body did feel like the muscle memory was there. But again, it was not mm -hmm. as explosive as how I remember competing at Texas A&M and my post-collegiate um, races afterwards. So yes, that might be an advantage for him. But again, we're talking about, you mentioned Ronnie Baker, Mike Rogers, mm -hmm. Craven Gillespie, Kyrie King. Like these are people that have been working on block starts for months now. Mm -hmm. So it's going to just mm -hmm. look completely different it probably won't feel the same for dk from where it was um a couple of years ago to where it is now yeah yeah it's gonna be fun to watch i'm i'm very interested in him doing it i think it's gonna bring a bunch of eyeballs to the sport i think if he does well in this and he is really if he's really sincere about trying to get to the trials uh i mean he'll have other opportunities to run even if he goes out there and runs way off the pace it's not as if he's not gonna be able to find another meet so this is something he wants to do. He's going to have chances to do it. That's the thing about track, right? There's always a meet. There's always a meet that you can get into yeah. and fi find people to, to compete with. So I'm excited about that. I wanted to get your thoughts just on the college and pro scene. I know you're locked into the high school side of things. And, you know, Corey and Brian are cool and all that at Miles Split. On all the people <laughs> work at Miles Split. We like them. But you, st you started with us talking about college and talking about pros. So I just want uh, a couple minutes on Olivia's impressions of the college and pro scene thus far. Well, I must say I've had a chance to kind of dive into a little bit of the collegiate things happening here and there. Like you mentioned, not as probably in depth as you and Gordon have definitely with low track. But one of the athletes that really has caught my mind and my eye is Abby Steiner of Kentucky. And I had a chance to talk with her. Um, earlier this season and she's just such a focused young lady and you know she tied the 200 meters um, that Gabby the collegiate record that Gabby Thomas had and it's just so wonderful to just see her like how she developed and how she was an athlete that was doing soccer and track and found this passion to just focus on track so that was an athlete that I was really impressed with and uh, again I'm a Texas A&M graduate. We got to talk about a thing, Mo. I'm just so <laughs> impressed 
so impressed. And I know Corey and Brian are like tired of me talking about Texas A&M, but I'm like, hey, I'm giving the credit where it's due. And I think yeah, yeah. and Tyra Gittins have just been phenomenal at A&M. And I, we can go on, I can go on for days talking about them. But another athlete that I was really impressed with also was Micah Williams of Oregon, the freshman that was mm -hmm. .04 off the collegiate record. And the fact that he's just had an undefeated indoor season, just looking so strong. So I feel like the, the sprinters have definitely have stepped up. And again, like you mentioned, like just with 2020, just being an interesting year in general, it just seems like 2021 has just been remarkable. Um, but those are just a handful of the collegiates that have really caught my eye. And then moving on to the professional side, again, Shamir Little, 49.91 and Roxa 204 in the 800. Like I had a message yeah, yeah. and I was like, are you serious? Like you just went 204 the 800? Like that is just absolutely <laughs> remarkable. I never thought Shamir Little, and for how many years I've known her, I've never thought she would actually be on the track for an 800. So definitely kudos for her. I mentioned Trayvon Bromel as well, just his journey and how he's just been persevering, focused, despite the injuries he's been going through. Just an absolute, absolutely remarkable story. And then Jasmine Camacho quit in the hurdles. I've been mm. following her on social media as well. Just a phenomenal athlete. And again, someone with just a lot of grit, determination. They're just doing all the things, Kevin. And I'm just mm -hmm. so impressed with the collegiates, the professionals. I'm excited to see what the Olympic trials is going like, to look like in just these next couple months that we have leading up to that meet. Yeah, on little, sub 50 in a flat four. We obviously know how hard the four-meter hurdles is in the U.S. right now. Gordon and I have debated back and forth. Do you think she's going to end up trying to make the flat team and the foreign hurdle team? Ooh, that is a great question. I don't have the inside scoop on that. Knowing Shamir, she is someone that <laughs> if you give her a challenge, or she, she can run the eight hundred. Ooh, see now, and then after she ran that two of four, I'm like, what is she going to do? <laughs> like, there are three opportunities for this woman to really make this Olympic team. Like, that is just so mind blowing to me. Like, a two of four is a solid time. Like, that's not that's not slow by any means. So. I have no, to be honest with you, I have no idea what, what's in store. Story. Like, I would yeah. not be surprised, to be honest with you, because that woman will accept any challenge that you throw at her. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting because with the way the trial schedule works out, the meet's essentially divided into two parts. So you could do both. The 400, obviously, you run it, you get in the relay pool, so you're guaranteed a spot in the Olympics, basically, as long as you make that final, versus the four-meter hurdles, where you got to assume that, McLaughlin and Muhammad are going to be ready to roll. And then that just leaves one, one spot in general. Ashley Spencer, Shamir Little, yeah. Corey Carter. We all know how tough that team is to make. It's just, it's, it was Little, I think, was one of the stories of the early season, just, just knocking down her 400 or flat 400 PB. And you're just reminded of like, oh, yeah, she's world class in the open 400. She also runs yeah. the four meter hurdles, but she's world class in the open 400. Uh, yeah. Bro what do you think of Bromel's start? Like, did you, it's really good. How, is that just reaction time? Like, have you had a chance to break that down at all? I have not had a chance to break it down, but um, I have had a chance to watch uh, his recent block start. Abs I don't, take away the, the reaction to the gun. That was still a remarkable block start for Trayvon Bermel. His execution of his drive phase him being explosive coming out of the blocks. It wasn't like there wasn't any competition. That was a, a meet with Noah Lyles in there. 
Like he mm-hmm. was just not playing any kind of games. He was he was ready to run. Um, so take away the reaction time. That was still a phenomenal block start. Everything like checked off all the boxes for me from the power, the execution, low heels, long dry phase. Trayvon Bromel is back. That is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's running like someone who is not worried about his body. Like, like no. he's not running skate. Like, like some people that come back from injury and, and you can tell is a little more cautious. He's, he's aggressive out of the blocks. I mean, even, even I, I can tell that looking from a non non sprint perspective, just someone who's just getting after it. And you're right. Just, he's basically ending these races in the first 20 meters. It's remarkable what he's, yes. what he's doing out of the blocks. All right. One last topic I wanted to get to, we'll go back to what you cover now, which is high school stuff. And we have two, mm-hmm. we have a bunch of, we have 10 state meets, I think between now and the end of the weekend on, on flow track, two of the big ones in terms of sprint performances, Florida, uh, Texas, pretend that people, our listeners haven't been following the high school scene. Who are some names that might come out of, of this weekend? You can just go as long as you want. Who's Olivia's people to watch this weekend from the high school side. Okay. Kevin, before I dive into it, I have some breaking news because we had one of the top two individuals who actually did not make it to state. So Sam Whitmarsh, who was U.S. number two in the 800, did not qualify at regionals. It was just not his race. He was it just wasn't in his favor that day. It was not his day. Mm-hmm. Did not make it in the 800. He he is the second fastest guy in that event. And then Kamari Terrell, U.S. number one in the 400 meters, scratched the 200 meters, did not make it out of the 400 meters at regionals. He's just running the four by two. So that kind of added a lot of shifts into what this state meet could potentially look like. You have the top two runners not being able to make it to the state meet. But on a more lighter note, there are a lot, a lot of great things to look out for. And like you mentioned, it will be live on flow track and mile split. So those are wonderful opportunities for you to plug into, especially with Florida and Texas. But speaking about Texas, um, I'm excited to see the four by ones. The record for the 6A is 44.24 for the girls. And DeSoto had that since 2019. And so far, four teams have broken 45 seconds. And San Antonio Regan uh, could be the fifth team to do that. But looking at the sprint side, Cameron Dominique Dixon is an athlete that I've been watching over the last several weeks. U.S. number two in the 200, 23-29. My biggest question that I asked on the On the Line podcast yesterday with Brian Corey is, is she going to be the first girl to break 22? Because Shanti Jackson, who's out in North Carolina, uh, Brashawn Jackson, a.k.a. Batman, you know, Kevin, we, we've we watched mm-hmm. him compete several times. His daughter is literally shaking things up in the, in the sprints, even in the 400 <laughs> meters. She's been doing remarkable. But I want to know, is Cameron Dixon ready to step onto this track at States this weekend and be the first girl to break 22 seconds? Um, but she's going to have competition with Jada Campos, Jasmine Montgomery as well. And then again, Kennedy Wade, who's going to be going to Texas A&M, is ranked number two in the U.S. in the 400 meters, 52-77. And Kevin, she's going to be looking to do the 400-800 meter double in that 800 meters Ooh. for 6A, there are six girls who have run faster than 211. She is one of them. And um, in this 400 meters, the second fastest girl from 6A, Haley Tate, is going to be on her inside all the way out in lane one. Kennedy is going to be in seven, so she's going to be running blind. So that's going to be something I'm looking out for. But one of the athletes that we've all been kind of watching in um, the middle distance events is Bryn Brown. I'm a huge fan of Denton Geyer, and Bryn Brown has just had a remarkable cross country 
indoor season. And now she's going to be looking to win titles in both the 1600 and the 32. Kevin, she was looking for three individual titles, um, adding that 800, but she wasn't able to get out of regionals with that. Um, she finished fourth. So that is an athlete that will be looking for that 1600. 3,200, but you have Bryce McRae in the 300-meter hurdles, U.S. number three, Bryce Foster, U.S. number one in the discus, Olivia Luking ranked number two in the country for pole vault, cleared 14-3. There's just so, I can be going on for days. That girl's 800 meters (laughs) is going to be off the wall. Like, just so many amazing things to look out for, but those are just some of the highlights that I think are really going to bring out a show this weekend at the Texas State Championship. Wow. So that was all just Texas. All that was Texas. All Texas. All that was wow. Texas. It's going to be super exciting. I know. Isn't it insane? It's crazy. That's a lot in just one state. It, anything in Florida? They're always fast in Florida. Florida. In Florida? Yes. We've been talking about this on our On the Line podcast. I'm excited to see the hurdle races. I think it's just going to be remarkable. You have the top ooh, 10 in the country, Adia Fry, Alexis Glasgow, who just ran the U.S. number one time in the 300-meter hurdles. And the number one all-time from the state of Florida. Um, she's going to be looking for that gold medal. But for me, it's definitely the hurdles um, in Florida. Just something to look out for. One of the questions we just asked on social media is, there's always this battle between Texas and Florida and which state mm-hmm. is going to be the fastest state this year. So that is something you guys can go ahead and vote for on the Mile mm-hmm. Split Instagram. I know that's definitely on there for sure. So that is just something, yeah, just a lot of – Heavy in the sprints. Texas all around looks very solid. So if you guys have an opportunity to go check it out this weekend, I think it will be remarkable. Mm -hmm. People can take a break from arguing about DK Metcalf to argue about Texas versus Florida on the internet. There you go. Move from one to the other. (laughs) Olivia, this was fun. This was fun. We should do this again sometime. I I appreciate it. That was more high school knowledge in like 90 seconds than I've had over the past two years. That was just loaded 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 with info that was awesome um yeah i'm, I'm excited to, to check it out this weekend as you mentioned it's on mile split it's on flow track there's 10 meets in general from a bunch of different states florida and texas included in there as well obviously we'll be watching uh dk metcalf this weekend we'll have to get your uh get your breakdown of, of that race uh potentially I'm all in for the it. coming weeks <laughs> yeah that'll be awesome uh All right, we'll be back on Friday with Gordon. We'll do a full preview of that USATF Golden Games from Mount Sac. But Olivia, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. All right, thanks to our producer, Alon. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks, Alon.